1: Welcome in, everyone. The MVR Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Simone, joined by Guy Casavan, Henry Chisholm, Hankster here. And we've got Cale Sorbo behind uh, the scenes producing for us. That was a fun one. That was a fun week of NFL action. It was upset week, as I've called it, from a gambling standpoint, which was really nice for our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. In a year where it's been lots of favorites and lots of public uh betting going well, I'm sure our good friends at DraftKings made a killing this week. As it happens, always comes around for Vegas, right, kids. Um, but yeah, we've got lots to get into, lots of bets to settle, uh calls to celebrate, crow to eat, buy or sell, waiver claim stuff. There's a ton to do because this really was an exciting week and uh producer kale made some nice graphics for us so i'm just gonna go right with that we're gonna start with our winner's lap Ooh, look at that look at that that's, that's when i used to have short hair where'd you get those uh, shades man <laughs> hey i uh i actually have a bunch of shades right here i always have shades in my office ready to go if necessary oh, is that what we have to do where am i yep. That's right. Um actually for this segment we could wear shades. I didn't write great notes last show. We also were kind of all over the board. So I went into the the DMs, the questions I've been asked and I guess my best call of the week was that Philip Lindsay when you needed to was worth the start despite all the rough circumstances. I know specifically um I was asked Phil or Jermichael Hasty a couple times and I suck with Phil. He only needed seven touches, uh, but he got it done. I guess that's my best call of the week. I don't know. It wasn't that. Like I had Jimmy G as a must start. He got injured. That wasn't a great call. I had Carson Lentz, uh as a Woo! start. That wasn't a great call. i mean, in. I don't know. You're be uh, eating crow on that one. It wasn't a great week. Yeah, I'll have a lot more to say on my eating crow. So there you go. Philip Lindsay never steers me wrong. Uh, truly, I've never said. Predicted something about Philip Lindsay and him uh, make me feel like an idiot. Unlike all the other things I say, which I often feel like an idiot about. So there you go. That's mine. Guy, go ahead. Start us off.
3: Yeah, Justin Herbert. Uh, we had a big discussion on him last week. Um, yeah. You asked me whether or not I thought he would finish as a uh, top ten fantasy QB this week. I yep. said yes. He finished as the QB six. He does. Um, we'll get to the other half of that bet in our eating crow section. But uh, Justin Herbert, man, I I don't want to disparage the Broncos' defense in any way, but I think that Justin Herbert, despite the way that the Chargers play as a team, as a real-world sort of thing, uh, from a fantasy perspective, um, the way that he picks up yards uh, with his feet, um, the way he fits the ball into tight windows, he's consistently getting um, about three touchdowns a game throwing um, so yeah I think he's he's a pretty safe play at this point. I'd say he's right there at the 5 or 6 uh in terms of safety um with guys like, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously ahead of him, uh Russell Wilson, those obviously the top 2. After that, um things get a little more, I don't know, uh, on a week to week basis who's going to be up, who's going to be down. Um your Matthew Stafford had a good week, Phillip Rivers, uh Aaron Rodgers despite the loss, yeah. but
1: Roger's still up there, I'd say interestingly enough, Herbert only with twenty two points only, but it was a low scoring uh week for quarterbacks you had the say,
3: that's still good for number six
1: top two guys Russ and still Patrick Mahomes oh, oh well in, well, I... in the top ten uh but I'm saying I mean low scoring like twenty one point two not a ton drew Locke was QB hmm. seven on the week nineteen point eight points and drew Brees and Tom Brady both didn't look great right behind him. And then Joe Burrow, like Matt Ryan was up there. Um, Nick Mullins was actually up. I mean, you think, you know, Jimmy G could have looked nice for me if he played the whole game. Um, But yeah, yeah, that was a good call. Yeah. I guess he has uh, consolidated himself. I think him and Burrow, honestly, I think both those guys are legitimately in the mix to start just about every week for you. Hankster winner's lap your time.
2: Uh, I don't even really remember (laughs) what my strong takes were. Um, I would guess that this was one of the weeks I said bad things about Josh Allen because I do that a lot and he sucked. So uh, I'll—I feel like anytime Josh Allen is bad, I deserve a winner's lap against the Patriots. Yeah, well, I mean well, the guy just doesn't have it. You know, he started hot and then he got back to what he's always been, which is exactly this quarterback. I guess he's usually better fantasy wise, but quarterback nineteen thirteen very bad. I don't know. It. I I just don't even know what to think about Buffalo at this point because because the Patriots really could have won that game too.
1: Well, I mean they fumbled the game away. I was say, yeah. They could yeah, have, yeah. No, no, yeah. they should have won it. They should have won it. Yeah, yeah. Though you wonder is that a Belichick defense effect? We had a question about Cam last week, right? We were talking about whether it was time to. Sam on Cam Newton and what have you. He kind of salvaged things, but it was all just because of what he did on the ground as a passer. He still looked incredibly underwhelming.
3: Belichick trusts him. Like, is he going to lose that job? He may have salvaged that from a fantasy perspective, but from a real world perspective, is he going to keep that job? No, I don't think so, man. If you, if you want to see what you have in Jared Stidham at this point, when you have a losing record, when Cam isn't being paid that much and you don't owe him anything and you're looking towards the future, and he can't hold on to the ball in big moments. He can't make the plays when they need to be made. I don't think he has Bill Belichick's trust. So even if he salvaged it from a fantasy perspective, uh I wouldn't be counting on him moving forward because I don't think that job's gonna be his anymore.
1: Yeah, I just don't know if they're sold on Stidham. But you're right. I don't think I don't have a ton of confidence. Yeah, I mean he looked like crap in the Chiefs game, right? Yeah. They started yeah,
3: against the Chiefs though. We have to give him yeah, I was gonna say you have to give him better matchups than that.
1: I mean, he got benched for Brian Hoyer. He was looking so bad. So, yeah, it, it was play extra. Their,
3: they played the, the Jets this upcoming week. So what's a better get right game than the Jets?
1: That might be a nice streaming game for Cam Newton. Also, side note, since we got into a little quarterback talk and a little AFC East quarterback talk, I mean, we did have some Tua or Drew Locke. Who should I, you know, in my deep leagues as my QB2. I hope he went with Drew Lock because Tua Tagovailoa, the Dolphins looked incredible. Tua from a fantasy perspective, Man. nothing special.
3: That's I feel like offensive effort.
1: Tua Dude, from any crap.
3: perspective
1: was just
2: like, Meh, we'll try again next week, see if yeah. we can do something that actually gets a read. I can't remember the stat line. It was something like 12 of 22, maybe just over, just under 100 yards. Like They just didn't even need their quarterback, which is a rare position for a football team to be in. But I learned absolutely nothing about Tua Tagovailoa yeah. this week.
0: Yeah, here, here. I just want to hop in here and brag a little bit. I picked <laughs> up Miami defense off of waivers the oh, morning nice. of, and won in two leagues because of it. So yeah.
1: wow,
3: I a lost lot of college because of the Titans defense against the Bengals, getting me negative three points. I Titans lost by less than it. a point because I got negative points for my defense. That was that was a painful Ooh. one, man.
1: Thoughts on in those situations not starting a defense at all? I think that's often the better play, and no. should be should be encouraged. But is that that's a fantasy faux pas? I, say, right?
3: I go on the on the side of not starting a kicker to have an extra bench spot, but I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if I would go without a defense. But you know, I don't know. I guess if if last week was kind of a it was a rough week for matchups. Like if you picked up the Dolphins, that was a good pickup. But I don't know if they're really like highly touted. Like it wasn't someone that everyone was targeting. Oh no. But outside of that, like all the teams that had really good defensive matchups were already rostered, like the Chiefs, like the Buccaneers, um, Steelers, I guess. There were some other ones that had good matchups. The Eagles had already...
1: incredible matchups.
3: Yeah, yeah, but outside of that, like there weren't a lot of other good matchups. So in that instance, sure, Like looking back, it, it would have been better to not roster a defense. But I'm more on the side of not rostering a kicker to have an extra bench spot rather than a defense.
1: Right on. Time to eat some crow, fellas. Uh, plenty of crow to eat around. I mean, look at that beautiful graphic. That is gorgeous right there. I love that. That's <laughs> a, that's great work right there by uh, producer Kale for us. Um, I've got plenty to pick from, and they're all the quarterbacks. So Justin Herbert being a, a non-top-10 QB Definitely eating some crow on that, though. Again, I feel like my take was kind of proven correct in the second half, it wasn't in the first half, and uh, those picks got the job done. Uh, I was
3: gonna like spin that in some way, like if Jimmy G wouldn't have gotten a hurt, oh, it was correct in the second half, but not the first oh, right. We're talking, it's it's,
1: it's, the, points. it's, it's the points
3: on the scoreboard. Did you win your fantasy matchup? Yes or no? That's it.
1: Yeah, no, sure. But at the same time, you can't tell me Herbert dominated the way you thought he would against the Broncos. He
3: was still a top 10 defense or a top 10 quarterback. That's
1: not the question I just asked you. Um, (laughs) So, and uh, I will have your mic muted if you can't answer questions directly (laughs) and you use the spin. Uh,
3: answer this question for me directly. Where did Lamar Jackson finish? Because you said he would finish in the top 10.
1: Well below that matchup proof, correct? Two possessions in the red zone they couldn't capitalize on. Those were 10 potential juicy points left on the table. Lamar was moving it with his legs. As a passer, though, some major concerns. They just lost their left tackle. Uh, Marquise Brown tweeting out a bit of discontent after the game. How could you blame him? I'm not happy either. Blame um, him for being
3: unhappy, but I do blame him for being so public about it. This is the same thing that MPJ did, and he was heavily criticized for it. You keep those things inside the locker room.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, we should follow that rule better instead of bickering on here all the time, guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is, in general, that Ravens offense. To go on a little side tangent, as we yeah. eat some crow. Um, it's that rare. They were such a phenomenal offense last year. Still a pretty good offense this year. From a fantasy perspective, though, there's one, one fantasy starter on that entire offense. And that's kind of an anomaly, right? I, I mean, is
2: Lamar Jackson even a fantasy starter? What? He's been He's been terrible. Like, this was the week that he passed Dak Prescott. This is how long it took for him to finally get ahead of Dak Prescott. He's quarterback 14 on the season. It's crazy. Is there any reason to think this is going to change? This just might be what he is this year.
3: I mean, the Steelers are a tough matchup, so that's why I had him outside the top 10 this week because I knew that the Steelers would lock him down because Mike Tomlin's smart enough to know There's nobody else on that team that you really need to be scared of except for Lamar Jackson. You shut him down. You shut down their whole offense. Uh, I'd have to double check their schedule coming up. But, I mean, I still think that there is. Yeah, let's hear it then because I think there's potential.
1: Best defense in the NFL, arguably. New England Patriots. Yeah.
3: I would have Bears, Bucks, probably Steelers, and then Colts. But go on.
1: Top five defense. Um New England, both those games on the road. Tennessee finally a nice matchup. Again, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Week 13, you get Dallas. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You then get Cleveland. Then week 15, we're talking like fantasy playoffs. You get Jacksonville, and week 16, you get the Giants. So wow. it get it's get it gets rough for a month, and then November come, come that final stretch. So you if you're might position, actually get to feast on Lamar. If mm-hmm.
3: you're in a position where you pretty much are like set for the playoffs, picking him up...
1: Or trying to, to, to trade like, to for really him. To
3: really look... That's what I'm saying. Trading for mm-hmm. him, like positioning yourself in the playoffs, that could be huge. Because he's not going to lose his job. And this isn't an instance where... I remember last season they were so far ahead that I think in week 16 or 17 they benched him because they didn't need to win the game, right? Yeah. So yep. you were almost penalized for him being too good last exactly. season. Exactly.
1: And this because year the Steelers are undefeated. They won't win their division. They won't be a one seed. Yep.
3: And okay, because let's... there's seven teams in the playoffs, there's only one team in the bye week. So everyone's really vying for a position mm-hmm. now,
1: so. Wow. Okay. I love that we got on this side tangent. It's beautiful. We don't have this graphic because I'm, I'm jumping the gun real quick. We'll get back to you guys eating crow. Would you rather let's play that with Lamar Jackson right now. Off the top of my head, would you rather, and this is where we're trying to find some trade candidates for Lamar, right? If you wanted to do exactly what you just suggested, guy. Would you rather, I won't put Herbert in there, let's say Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, or Lamar Jackson. I can get into the schedule of any of those guys if you want to dig in a little further.
3: Tannehill's actually been having a really good season. Dude, a really, really good season, but like he's at least good. top 10 on the season. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and that's a guy that you could have easily gotten off the waiver wire. Oh, 100%. Versus, yeah, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, You had to draft in the second probably. Yeah.
1: And they're in shootouts every week, as your Tennessee yeah. defense pickup showed you. They're always in shootouts.
3: I would say Deshaun, Tannehill, Lamar, Josh Allen.
0: Mm. I'd go... I go, Deshaun has
3: the wheels; he can get you that rushing, yeah. which I think is imperative for a, fantasy, a good, a good fantasy quarterback. You need that rushing potential. Tannehill has, like you said, shootout, and he's just been solid. Um, Lamar over—that's right. just, that's just the best of the rest, right there, because Josh Allen's just trending down.
2: Yeah, it's Deshaun Watson to me, and then Ryan Tannehill right behind him. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I think I go Josh Allen, but what? It's after tough. Dude, Lamar talked. Jackson oh, has done literally nothing this oh, season.
1: Calm down. he's been fine.
2: He's been quarterback
3: 14.:
1: 12, if you go, by average points.
3: I get it, but Josh Allen more recently is trending further down than Lamar Jackson is, and like we just went over, after these couple of weeks for Lamar, I think the schedule gets a lot better for him. For playoffs, I would rather I would rather have that for playoffs than Josh Allen. So that's why I would put him ahead.
1: I agree on Deshaun, one of that group. I think it's more of a conversation with Tannehill, um, especially because I'm looking at his schedule now. He's got Chicago, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Indianapolis again. So that's a rough ske- uh, stretch. Then it gets a little easier with Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. Based on that, I'm going to go Lamar over Tannehill but mm
3: -hmm.
1: Tannehill's got a rough stretch man Chicago Indianapolis twice and Baltimore just next four games that's tough okay beautiful uh Hank go ahead and eat some crow for us
2: um I mean again I'm not too sure on particulars I can say that I lost again in my uh fantasy league which means that uh how many weeks is this? 0 oh, and eight now. It's been awful because of Lamar Jackson, because of Michael Thomas, because of who knows how many other guys. Let me let me actually just pull this up because I think that it's important that everybody knows. I I seriously am doing my best, but I'm just I, I don't have a chance. I lost this week. Um, loading. Loading. Eighty-five to fifty-five. Wow,
3: it's fifty-five.
2: Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Swift, Mike Davis, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Schultz, Robbie Anderson, Tampa defense, and Boswell, the kicker. And on my bench, I had uh, my best performer. I guess Chase Claypool got the touchdown that saved it on the bench. I could have put him in. Albert O, I should have started. But it's, I mean, without Miles Sanders, without Michael Thomas, with Lamar Jackson doing this, it's just been... There's nothing I can do. Like this was just another average week for me.
3: Thanks.
1: Wow, uh, that just made me sad. Uh, it's been off. It's not even fun. Okay.
3: <laughs> it's fun for us though.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I don't know. That that seriously just made me sad. So, guy, go ahead and and salvage it for us, please
3: uh with eating crow i mean i'll salvage it by disparaging myself a little more there you go. Um, i'll it. give myself two to eat crow on one brandon Iyuk. Um mm-hmm. i said that brandon Ayuk would be irrelevant once uh, debo samuel came back and i also said he didn't have the skill to take really? over that position uh, a
1: long-term eat crow i love it this uh, is like yeah. eating crow so, from a take two weeks ago beautiful uh,
3: good for n- you this is like three or four weeks ago and i've just been wrong 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 love it um, hold yourself accountable Yeah, these last two weeks, 17.5 and 23.1, and it's only looking better for him.
0: It's been great.
3: And the thing is, he's producing with Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes.
0: Yes, And Debo
3: Samuel doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And even if he does come back again you don't just instantly come back one like that first week and just produce. So right. Brandon Ayuk doesn't look to be losing this position. Plus, no
1: kittle, so, like no running game. Like yeah, Someone has to eight get the weeks, touches. They said.
3: Eight weeks with a with a bone broken in his foot. So all of a sudden, Brandon Ayuk is probably the only player you want to own on that team. Um, but he's a good one to own on that team. It's not even just like a – this is like a Jamison Crowder situation where it's like it doesn't look that good, but he's actually like really producing. So yep. it's not flashy, and, but he's getting it done.
1: You saying that about Kittle just makes me think our old adage in the preseason: of you can't, you can't lose a league. Um, you can't win a league in the first and second rounds, but you can lose it.
3: Oh my God! There's so many guys you could say that with, but also Lamar.
1: Lamar's uh, one man. We yeah, just talked two weeks. About
3: it. Yeah, I think two weeks ago, maybe it was last week. No, it was two weeks ago when we when we had uh, Justin Michael on yeah. on a Thursday, and we were talking about Kelsey versus Kittle. Which one would you keep? Uh, I did bring up the injury factor on Kittle and that's why I would take Kelsey over Kittle. Um, yeah. so I'm just going to pat myself on the back for that one a little bit. That Not was too... the last segment. Was it?
2: Yeah. When this I... is eating crow.
1: Okay. Fine. Anyway, <laughs>
3: uh, we'll go. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Back to winner's lap. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> anyway,
3: another one that I was eating crow on, um, I'll take that one for Zach Moss. Um, I said that he would be irrelevant, mm. I thought that De- Devin Singletary owned that backfield. All mm. of a sudden, things are trending a lot more in the direction of Zach Moss, and he's looking pretty good with the ball, whereas Devin Singletary yes, is getting completely phased out, and that team itself doesn't look so hot. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll eat crow
0: for Devin Singletary, I guess. Zach Moss is still available in over 30% of leagues, like just Ooh. addable. So go yes. do that, people. It's a top waiver
1: wire ad right there. 100%. We'll get into that, too. I actually had in my notes I need to eat some crow on Ronald Jones. Ronald Mm. Jones against the Giants. I thought they'd blow him out. I thought they would milk the clock and run the ball. Ronald Jones basically gets put in the doghouse. Three touches into the game. Um on a, just the worst play. This tip pass by Brady that he has to get on his knee to catch, but then when he's on his knee catching it, he's not down, so he tries to get up. Stupid Blake Martinez comes in, pops the ball out, fumbles it, and then he's in the doghouse the rest of the game. Great. Anytime I go out on a limb on Ronald Jones, it's the one game Leonard Fournette. Make a note of that. Leonard
3: Fournette did well, so I definitely made note of that. Who's who's, who's even
1: starting Leonard Fournette in leagues anymore,
3: man? I don't know, man. If I could get my hands
1: on him, I would. (laughs) That's horrible. Well, we'll get into that in just a second then. So we're going to do some buy or sell right now, and we might as well kick it off with that messy old. Backfield in Tampa Bay over there, uh, where I don't know what to make about the Buccaneers. Their defense is good, that offense is a mess. So I guess it's a two part buy or sell. It's a buy or sell that what we saw against the Giants is what we'll see the rest of the year. And Leonard Fournette is the dude, and Ronald Jones is in the doghouse for. Uh, the foreseeable future, or was that just a one-off and we're going back to how things used to be?
2: I think it's rotation. I think that there will be some games where it's Ronald Jones or some games that it's Leonard Fournette. If one of them fumbles, I think that you probably take him out. If one of them breaks a big one, you probably leave him in. But I think that that's got to be the plan going forward.
1: And Ronald Jones is the, the better case of doing that, right?
3: probably yeah
1: (laughs) no you're skeptical
3: (laughs) you're you're just trying to console yourself here Uh, we talked about this before the season even started this is going to be a clown car and that's what it's turned out to be and i think that you know if you if you thought you could predict one or the other then you're now paying the price for that um so really I'm, i'm not buying that anyone is going to run away with the job no pun intended um, but this is just, oh. kind of, you know, this is what you got yourself into.
1: You say sell everything. You say, I'm if you saying, have either running back, try to sell them right now today. That's um, not, that might be the best advice we've ever given on this show. For
3: I personally would. I would just say that if you're mm-hmm. sticking with them, you knew beforehand and you should know going forward. That this is what it's going to be like every week. <laughs> they, they One right. of the two of them could just play That's themselves right. out of the game in the first quarter. And then the other guy might go off or they might just not do anything. And it's just going to be unpredictable. So just know what you're getting yourself into. i personally would with some because I don't like that unpredictability.
1: Guy is your mom telling you, well, you got yourself in this situation. You better get yourself out of it. Um, exactly. So. There you go, kids. This was your fault. You invested in the Tampa Bay backfield in the first place. Actually, it really is. It, it, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. This All is kind of, of the us. harsh talking I needed. <laughs> yeah. um, frankly, Tampa Bay, a bit of Baltimore vibes, where it's like technically a nice offense, like they're gonna score twenty seven plus every week. But I'm not sure I love anyone. Let's. Um,
3: Mike Evans was pretty easy to predict that he would go off this week. He did 16.5. he was like the wide receiver, like, what is that? Wide receiver, like, 15, which isn't horrible. I know, um, but, but this a week is his ago. last game. Right, this is his last game. But Chris Godwin, when he's healthy, Chris Godwin has been producing. Yeah, Godwin, um, he's sure. He's got to stay healthy. Right, but he's underwhelmed
1: with where you draft
3: I wouldn't compare him to the Ravens, though. I would say they're better than the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I guess even Gronk's proving to kind of be a top five tight end, absurdly enough. Uh, so let's get into Mike Evans because he's another buy or sell. I have buy that so, Mike so, so, Evans. So, so, so. Okay, thank you. thank you. Yes,
3: I'm just going to preempt that. This is we talked about this last week. About Take advantage,
1: how, right? Take advantage yeah, of this nice Chris, week. Exactly. So
3: when Chris Godwin is in the game, he's averaging like two catches for like 14 yards which has been four games this season. (laughs) And when Chris Godwin is out, he has a really good week. So this was the last week that Chris Godwin was going to be out, so you take advantage of that. Now Chris Godwin's back, and not only that, Antonio Brown is about to start here in Week 9. So that tanks Mike Evans' value even more. So that was the thing, was if you were going to keep him for last week, then you're going to get your one good week out of him the last good week, and then you try to sell for whatever you can at this point. But... Yeah, I, I was trying to warn people a week ago this is going to be his yeah. last good one and you should be selling you should already be laying the groundwork to sell him.
1: Don't you guys think Antonio Brown will kind of hurt Chris Godwin's stock too though? That's I, what I, I was so, no. No. I don't know what to expect from I just say yeah. That, Brown. Yeah, Fair Chris enough.
3: Godwin like, coming back from an injury is going to have a difficult time just because of the injury because it was it, he was injured, came back, re-injured so this is his third time coming back um that's going to be the problem where they're going to try to be careful with him. Um, they don't want him to get re, re, re injured, right? So I don't know if Antonio Brown is necessarily the threat so much as Chris Godwin's own health is.
1: That's the one day this podcast will be big enough where we you bring up a re, re, re injury and we play Rihanna because she goes by re, re. Okay. Next up, um, you talked about him already while you were eating crow, Brandon Ayuk. I think we're all buying, huh, fam?
3: Yeah, especially since George Kittle's out for eight weeks, which is basically the rest of the fantasy season. Because if he comes back week 17, if you're unless you're right. one of the few that has so. a championship week 17, then that's not going to be relevant for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, and then with the running back situation, as much of a mess as it is, Debo Samuel not coming back anytime soon, then yeah, I'm definitely buying Brandy Ayuk, especially on top of all that. Jamie G goes out, but he still produces with McMullen. So I don't see any reason not to, uh, not to buy into that. And he's been trending up. He's had, this isn't a flash in the pan. This isn't just one week. So
1: yeah.
2: And he's a rookie. And so it kind of makes sense that he was a slow starter. You know, it's very easy to look at the path that he's taken and explain it based on the circumstances and expect for him to continue to keep doing what he's been doing.
1: Yeah. Injured too. Um, so the the slow start like the way he's played despite starting the season injured has been really impressed. Um yeah, I'm I'm frankly loving the kid. He's he's doing some incredible stuff. In fact, um Okay, let's take we'll take a quick detour to would you rather Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans or Nicole Hardman who had a really nice week this week?
3: Brandon Ayuk Brandon Ayuk, I don't know if my mic caught that.
1: Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Um,
3: Meekle still has so much competition, not yes. just from yep, two yes. legit running backs, but from Kelsey <laughs> and from Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, There's too much mm-hmm. too much, uh, firepower on still? that team. So, And then Brandon Ayuk pretty much has that, not fully to himself because they still have Kendrick Bourne, who actually had a decent week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, he's got like the, the bulk of that workload there in San Francisco. So I would take him and then we we're to discuss Mike Evans. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't take Mike Evans over damn near anyone at this point.
1: Another Good. great case of losing your league in the first two rounds. If you picked up Mike Evans.
2: Yeah. yeah. Disaster. I would be tempted to keep him over Hardman though, just because of the upside combined with Hardman being in the offense where there are so many mouths that need to be fed. I I I think that that one is at the very least pretty close, but yeah, it's definitely you take Ayuk.
1: So if we were to play trade start cut, you you might consider trading Mike Evans, cutting Michael Hardman, starting Ayuk. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: But I think that oh man, that that I would have, I would have to take into account name value. <laughs> Because yes. I would I would value Michael Hardman from my own team personally more than Mike Evans, but I think I could get more for Mike Evans than I could for Michael Hardman based mm-hmm. on the name value. Right. So I think that when you when you start to get into the specifics of like yes. trading, then that that changes the dynamics of how I approach these players.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so if you were to rank our would you rather as they'd be Ayuk Hardman, Evans, but if you were to play an adaptation of a much dirtier game, but that we're doing for fantasy, which is start, trade, cut. You would cut Hardman, trade Evans merely because you think you can get more out of him because of that name value. Sound reasoning. I like that. As we digest on all these takes and get back to some more, would you rather's by ourselves? Uh I want to remind you we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app use promo code DNVR when you sign up you can get all sorts of can't miss offers um you know you use uh, when you sign up you get up to a $1000 that's code DNVR and get a sign up bonus up to $1000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit match and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I really love DraftKings for my fantasy takes, especially in the primetime games with all their player props. Yesterday I made it just a smidge of money. Von Daniel Jones throwing an interception. I knew that was coming. Made a little bit on Sprinkly Carlton Davis getting that interception. Uh, Gronkowski over three and a half receptions also made me money. But I lost money because I took the under four and a half receptions on Mike Evans. The over hit right at five, I think. Devastating. Devastating.
0: Told you, I know you did.
1: Kind of you of were band. right. You, you were right. I was bullish coming in. And the big one was Ronald Jones. Uh, here's, Ronald here's Jones really my
3: question for you, because I remember doing this <laughs> show last week on bets. How did your uh, college picks turn out this week on DraftKings? Did you get murdered on those? Cause I saw, no, I did well. Really? Because OK State beat Texas. That I know you had proclaimed Texas dead and all of a sudden they are not.
1: Um, That bet looked amazing to the final five minutes. Texas is the worst to bet on because they do that all the time. (laughs) No, and I love I love Kansas State, too. So the two, my two like locks were devastating. But then the rest of the way, I went like four and two. Yeah. Yeah. I was
3: watching college football. I just remembered those two specific takes. And I was like, Andre must be getting killed right now. And you weren't. But i mean Um, just makes watching football fun man when you have like so much action going on like these are teams i would never normally pay attention to but all of a sudden once there's
0: money riding on it it makes things a lot more interesting i just need to get on in on this i'm a new sports better i've only been doing it for two weeks and it is so fun it's 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 like when you first discover fantasy football it's (laughs) like just another reason for watching all the games like that Cowboys-Eagles game was one of the worst things I've ever seen with my eyes. A couple wow. dollars on it. I think I'd bet no more than five bucks. It was incredible. So That's all that matters.
1: It was beautiful. It's really true. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we're all getting into that. Okay, back to buy or sell. I'm, now, I, I jumped the gun with the would you rathers, but it was fun with the IU and Evans conversation we just had. But I did throw Nicole Hardman in here as a buy or sell. Because he does have this big week against the Jets. Then again, no Sammy Watkins. So he, he got a lot more touches. And the Chiefs have been, I don't know, that they've almost got senioritis. Like the fact they had no preseason, they've used matchups against the Broncos and Jets as kind of a way to experiment and implement new things. Um, Hardman looked great in those experiments. I don't know how much I can take from this, though. Also, Le'Veon Bell, you guys were right. I should have ate crow on that a segment ago. Um, he's looked outstanding. He's really looking good with the Chiefs.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Hartman, I'm not really. I, I wouldn't. I'm holding. It, I know it's kind of a. If I had Hold. to, I would. I would say sell if I was forced to choose one of them. Um, I think that against the Jets, this is kind of an outlier of a game. Totally, man. Um, but I do think that. I don't know. I mean, coming up, Carolina, they have a decent defense. Then they go on the bye against Vegas, which that's always a feast for points. And then Tampa Bay, that's tough. Denver, I think that Denver is one of those games where me, could probably have a big one because, well, obviously Travis Kelsey will always go off. But it seems like one of those ones where if they get ahead, Tyree Kill, they need to rest him because he's been nursing some injuries. And then after that, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta. I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's a, it's not an a down schedule, but I think that playing the jets is just, I don't know how much yeah, you
1: can not read into it. That's why I was thinking he'd be a good <laughs> sell candidate. You know, if, if someone was desperate, you kind of try to use him as a target. Uh, Henry, I see you nodding your, your head. You're in agreement.
2: If somebody wanted to buy him, then you definitely sell him. I just yes. oh, yeah. don't know who that would really be at this point. Yeah, Again, right. he's one of the best players. Like, and at this point, he's wide receiver 41. Like, that's just not a guy that really has all that much value in my mind.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. He's uh he's totally kind of just the guy at the end of the roster. But I was thinking you could take advantage of that big week. Um, okay, now I think we need to get into some juicier buyer sells. This is my buyer sell that has to do with the big themes on um, the waiver wire this week um so we're gonna start with zach moss you buying or selling zach moss as rb1 in buffalo
3: buy uh, yeah Absolutely. yeah i'd say he's one of the better um white wire pickups this week as well so he's not just buying into what's happening there but like if he's available like go buy go get like
1: him. dare i say since claypool's breakout game this is the best waiver wire claim we've had in like three four weeks
3: yeah, and if somehow DJ Dallas is still available on your waiver wire because...
1: That's the other one.
3: Yeah, he's yeah. Been, he crushed it this week.
1: No, I, I like Moss. I mean, Hank, you covered this guy um, in the Pac-12 as a Buffs reporter, uh, a real stud in that Utah backfield. Now he's doing it right again in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, and Buffalo's needed a running back. Like, yep. they don't have the guy... And now Zach Moss has a chance to prove that he is, and we'll see what happens. But I do think that if you have the opportunity to grab him, you have to do it.
1: Also, your takes on Josh Allen can be piggybacked off of this because Josh Allen struggles means you need to run the ball more. Suddenly, Zach Moss probably be relied on even more. I really like the Zach Moss pickup. um, They go up against the
3: Seahawks next week too, so. Beautiful. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Seahawks can be run on
1: beautiful. The show. Yes, yeah. remind people of that because there is still a little public perception of, oh no, the Seahawks are a good defense. <laughs> Wrong, they're a terrible Bottom defense. Five. You can feast on them. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. If I see Atlanta, Dallas, um, Seattle, tech, the Titans, I'm I'm just like I'm giddy. Cleveland, giddy, 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 giddy. Uh, okay, D- DJ Dallas, you're buying him as well, uh, guy. You mentioned him as a wait yeah. for a while. Yeah, I
3: don't see why not. This is the this is the point of the season where, if you're in the middle of the pack, it's like a it's a race. You mm-hmm. like every win counts. You have to do anything you can for every single win. Um, you know, if you're like a like a seven and one team right now, and you can just look ahead to the playoffs, you probably shouldn't be making a move for this guy. I think you should be looking further. You know, for like a Lamar Jackson, like we said. Um, but for a lot of other people this is like make or break time right here like whether or not you make the playoffs is based on these next couple of weeks Um, and if DJ Dallas is available like this week coming up I think he's got a good matchup against the Bills there because they have such a good secondary but they can still be run on and against you know with the Seahawks and the Bills playing each other I think that has potential for a higher scoring game as well because the Seahawks on their side will give up so many points um so, I, DJ Dallas, I mean, I don't see any reason to doubt him. And if Chris Carson is out again, which it sounds like he's going to be, um, and then Carlos What's Haya the
1: long-term out? outlook on that injury guy for Carson? I have to double-check double
3: yeah. it. Um, it's like a, you know, changes every day sort of thing. Right, but right. also, yeah, I, like with, the, with what's available on the way right between him and Zach Moss, those are pretty much your only real viable pickups in terms of running backs at this point. Um, so if you really need help, if you're desperate, then this is you know, you kind of have to go all in on this one.
2: To me, Zach Moss is very clearly ahead of DJ Dallas, though, yeah, because right. you know, just going through the numbers, even 18 carries for 41 yards. Eh, that's that. That means you're not going to be getting 18 carries when Carlos Hyde or Chris Carson is back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, while DJ Dallas might be a nice guy to add to patch something for another week or two weeks or however long they have to keep giving him touches. I think, he's, I, I think he's just more a product of those touches than somebody who they're going to be trying to get on the field going forward.
1: Yeah, um, you are not wrong on that. He was RB4 on the week, but a lot of that was the two touchdowns on limited touches that he got um i guess another couple guys that could be intriguing probably not for listeners on this show but jk dobbins is still available in leagues and i think this is kind of like it's time to jump on him
3: yeah but yeah so chris carson it looks like he they're saying he's like uncertain for week nine like i I don't think he's gonna play it's gonna be another game time decision um Friday they're going to they're gonna have him, quote-unquote, test out his foot, but that means that he's not going to practice all week leading up to the weekend. And he'll be sitting there on game day wondering again. I think that the Seahawks in the position that they're in, I don't think they feel the need to force him back, and I think they'd rather keep him healthy. If they were more of a meddling team, they would be more inclined to push him back, um, but they don't really need to right now, so I think they'll play it safe with him. But with guys like, like Joe Mixon, they, yeah. They're going on bye, and then Joe Mixon will be coming back after the bye. So Gio Bernard is losing his relevancy, even mm-hmm. though he had a really good week this week. Phenomenal. He's me. not, not going to be relevant after Joe Mixon comes back. Mm-hmm. And then you have your other options as well um, that I, I think that DJ Dallas is your fill-in if you're, if you're still still hurting there. Because Aaron Jones, I don't know if he'll come back this week, but Jamal Williams is certainly out. So Jamal Williams isn't a guy that you can utilize this and week. And A.J. Dillon. Yeah, him too. So and then the, there's the one Packers. More guy. Oh, Boston Scott is like he just had his last week of relevance right. as well because I think Miles Sanders will be back. So,
1: right. So, keep that in mind. You got those guys. You can swap them out for a DJ Dallas. That's not bad exactly. fantasy, man. So, no
3: right Williams, there. Boston Scott, or Gio Bernard moving forward. You have to find right. someone else. Right. It'll be your D.J. Dallas for this week. So
1: J.K. Dobbins only rostered in 58% of leagues, which is wild. I, I don't yeah. even have to ask you guys if you buy or sell him. He goes off for 100 yards against that tough Steelers defense. I mean, Gus Edwards actually has more fantasy points than him. That's what I was going to say. Gus Edwards
3: but. is still relevant, though. And I, I, I don't, yeah, he is. I Gus like J.K. Dobbins' film, but like it's so hard to predict like what they're going to do with him on that offense.
2: Gus Edwards is still getting the majority of the snaps, too. which is really disappointing I think that that has to change soon though. I do think that it's time to pick up JK Dobbins because sometime in the next couple of weeks, this is going to become his
1: backfield. I mean, come on, it's happening guys. Like if he's available in your league, like don't even ask me, pick him up and like, let's go, let's go right now. Um, No more messing around Uh, a couple more just on the running back front. Uh, Wayne Gallman, who I thought looked pretty good. Obviously, tough to invest in a Giants running back, but yeah. you could do worse. Uh, worthy of the eye roll from Guy there, Damian Harris. <laughs> um, I already know you're buying, Guy. I already I know knew you're that buying. That was the
3: other one I was going to get to.
1: Um, but just had to throw that out there. Damian Harris is here, and he's here to stay. I, I
3: think. I've been tooting that horn for a while, and now oh, we I finally start to see it. And he, it's I mean, taking a while. it's not even just opportunity, but he just. The skill is there. And I when when uh, Bill Belichick trusts the guy, he trusts the guy. So I
1: like his yeah. opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So if we were to rank those, Zach Moss. Zach Moss won, even if we include Harrison Dobbins.
2: Yeah, it's close, though. Yeah. I still think it's that close. he has the edge just because it's easier for me to see him taking that job because I, I think that while you definitely should be giving the job to J.K. Dobbins, you should be getting him on the field. Weird things have been happening with those running backs, and that's why he falls to number two for me.
1: You know what? I think Dobbins is one on that list for me. Really? Yeah, I think it's Dobbins one. It might be Damon Harris two, but I think it's Zach Moss. I'm staying Zach Moss to Damon Harris three, just because I like Damon Harris – I do semi-believe he's the first guy to have a walk on that uh, Patriots backfield for the first time in a while. But, dude, they just, like, mix it up so much. I- I'm reluctant to trust it. What's your take on that guy? How do you rank those three?
3: Uh, I'll go Zach Moss. Man, I- I- I'll go Damian Harris, too. And then J.K. Dobbins, three. Man! So dude, Gus Edwards is, like... Like uh, Hank said he's still getting the majority of the snaps. I can't I can't trust him yet, man. Like I've seen I've seen the tape. I know the skill is there. I just don't really understand the offensive scheme at this point and what they intend to do with him. Yeah. Whereas Damian Harris, I think I think he stands to have more of an opportunity even though like you said Bill Belichick likes to mix things up. I think that things are trending more in Damian Harris's favor rather than J.K. Dobbins, so I would rather have him.
1: Call him Grumpy Gus, um, because that's how he makes J.K. Dobbins owners feel. Okay, to close out some buy or sells. Curtis Samuel had a nice game. Boy, he looks quick and seems to fit well in that offense. But he's also a bit of a gimmicky player. Yeah. Buy or sell? Who Curtis Samuel was this week?
3: Well, I'm going to sell. I just think that that game was. It was just a weird game. Yeah. Like, Teddy Bridgewater was getting brutalized. Um, Robbie Anderson didn't really have a chance in it, and I don't think DJ Moore really did anything either, did he? I don't oh. have any leagues, so I don't remember specifically, but just a weird game, man. I expected it to be higher scoring on Thursday night. Oh, but me too. Just the way too. they were treating De- Tr- Teddy Bridgewater was like they were trying to injure him. Like, they were, like, kicking him. They were hitting him while he was down. Like oh, it was terrible. It was awful. Yeah, so Curtis Samuel, he had, he had a decent game, but... Uh, Break it i don't i don't really i'm not reading too much into it man yeah Yeah, i mean it's seven
2: touches coming back soon and when that happens you're not seeing him in the backfield anymore he's not running the ball and who knows he might not be on the field as a receiver as much either because they might be trying to keep mike davis on the field and putting him in the backfield with christian mccaffrey at receiver so i'm i'm not buying it at all
1: yeah so it's a bit um You guys are saying take advantage of this big week. Try to sell them in the dynasties. I own them. Noted. Um, Okay. Buy or sell. This is similar to the Ronald Jones Leonard Fournette double buy or sell buy or sell. Jonathan Taylor. Jordan Wilkins have switched as RB one in Indianapolis. This was a tough week for Jordan Taylor owners who've waited and waited and waited, and Jordan Taylor. We've said he's got the touches, John. so he's Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> old
2: school, school. Like,
1: away, old Hank. School. Wow, been doing that for years. I've been doing that literally for years. Um, uh,
2: that's Jordan Wilkins, though. Wow, that was like your throw, like way back draft podcast. The name that you never got right because it was it's always T- back when Jordan Taylor was still a name that people remembered. That's how right that was
1: right right um jonathan taylor we've said all along he's he keeps on being a safe place because he's got the touches well this sunday those touches were no longer there so what do we do with these guys
3: i'm not buying into either one of them uh <laughs> it's jordan a wilkins,
1: stay away.
3: yeah jordan wilkins prior to this i mean he had his bye week last week but before yeah. that Negative 0.1, 0.1, 4.1, 5.5, 4.0, and 0. So this is the definition of a flash in the pan.
1: But he wasn't getting touches.
3: Sure. Uh, He had nine touches, nine touches, nine. So he was getting them in weeks two, three, and four. And then they phased him out again. (laughs) And this is all without, because week one was when uh, Naheem Hines got hurt, right? Or no. um, Marlon Mack. Oh, my God. Yeah, Marlon Mack, Mack. Yes, thank you. Um, so this is all without Marlon Mack. So like he had his opportunities there for a stretch, Jonathan Taylor. It sounds like he has a foot injury that they might be keeping him out with. Um, so that might be why he lost touches there, but I don't, I don't trust Jordan Wilkins to really like take over that job and really become anything like solid.
2: Also, you know, I guess this is a non PPR league. The numbers I have Jordan Wilkins, 19.3 points last week. Uh, Naeem mm-hmm. Hines, 18.2. Yep, yep. Right yep, there yep. on his heels. Three catches, two of them
3: for touchdowns. I'm not trusting Naeem Hines either. I mean, I think that that backfield yeah. is just too
1: That's what stinks about Naheem Hines is something.
3: Um... He was supposed to take that over, man, and he didn't. And now, like, yeah. I just don't feel like I can trust him at this point.
1: I guess I'm buying Jordan Wilkins as being the guy. So, like, if I'm in leagues where I need running back help and I can't get Moss or I can't get Dobbins or DJ Dallas or Damian Harris, um, I will be looking to him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I can't sell. Like, it's... This is such a low point, I can't even encourage selling you're not I, gonna get a fair value for no his stock's too low after that week so you're like you're like stock you, you you're stuck on a sinking ship and you just need to hope it's not sinking that's the, the disaster situation um you're in with that so yeah man that's ugly 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 would you rather we've done two of these already darnell mooney had a really nice game He's kind of been a fun little speed factor for the Chicago Bears. Would you rather him or Curtis Samuel who had that big week? Or McCole Hardman, who we've already talked about. All kind of boomer bust speed demon guys.
2: I just think that there's so many receivers that if you're <laughs> stuck starting one of these three, you are in trouble. Um, but let's say you have I mean, like maybe you're stacked
1: that running back you
2: know. at the back of the bench. I mean, yeah, you, you'd better be, um, but uh, wow, that's so hard. I have really liked Mooney and I am totally bought in to Mooney. I'm just not sure that there's fantasy value consistently enough to keep him. I think, I think I might go Hardman out of those three.
0: Hmm. I
3: think that's, I would say Harmon's my number three out of the three. Really. Just because of the competition there in uh, Kansas City. Um, Darnell Mooney has Tennessee and Minnesota coming up, so those are two big opportunities right there for him. I just that Chicago offense is just hard to watch, man. Terrible. So terrible. If if I didn't know what team he was on and I just saw fantasy production, I would be more inclined to go for him, but. (laughs) Knowing that he's on the Chicago Bears really gives me so much pause. And then uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, like Hank brought up before, with uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back, I, I, don't, I don't trust him to be uh, breaking out like that again. So I would probably go Mooney, Curtis, Meikle.
1: I might go Curtis, Meikle, Mooney. Man, they're so close, though. Those guys, those three guys, are really close for me. Uh, yeah, no, uh, scratch that. I think I like guys' rankings. I'm going with guys' rankings.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. See, I just I, the thing Sorry about money just doesn't yeah. seem like wow. I would ever be comfortable starting him. You know, uh, he, yeah. he's had like two weeks where he's been fantasy viable, and in that Bears offense, I, I don't know. But again you know where I am. And that's that I think that I w- would probably find somebody on the waiver wire. I like better.
0: Right. Right. Which actually is
1: probably the correct take. Um, and some of the guys you might be able to find on the waiver wire at wide receiver would be in our next. Would you rather uh, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, who gets uh, the touchdown and also got punked by Bryce Callahan against the Broncos. I don't care or, who
3: else it is. It's Corey Davis. Number
1: one. Alan Robinson. Corey Davis. Yeah. You're that Uh, sold on Corey Davis after one week.
3: It's not one week, man. Well, he started
1: off well. Then he kind of slowed down. Again, they didn't. Now, mind you, Tennessee didn't play for like two weeks. He was then injured. No, I guess you're right. He's back and healthy and he's producing. 17.1,
3: 12.6, 11.9, 15.5, and 26.8. And this is with A.J. Brown in the lineup. So like, what are what threat is there to his production at this point? Well, it's this AJ Brown, Derek Henry. There, the it's whole point.
1: Him or but AJ that's Brown? What
3: I'm saying is he's still producing with all these other guys around yeah. him. It's not like he's taking advantage of someone being injured or missing. This that someone you target? Even, like, these aren't like amazing matchups either. Like he had to play Pittsburgh. Like I guess Cincinnati's a decent matchup, but at the same time, like yeah, Corey Davis guy. Second, fully yeah. matchup. Then fully, that's. That's why I put him in the title to this show. I think that I think he's here I to stay, to it's a guy that I was mm. I, I had him as a sleeper going into this season. Um so I'll I'll put that in my winner's lap, my very late winner's lap here. But uh yeah, Corey Davis, man, I think I think he's here to stay. I mean I like the way Tan Hill's playing, man.
1: So maybe games, a good Buffalo trade Houston, target to, for you.
3: Yeah, he has to make up for those two games at some point, right? Buffalo and Houston. Yeah, you'd think. That they still haven't played. No, they'll have to. They'll have to. Right. So you're still going to get more production out of him at some point. I don't know when that's going to factor in. Like, is that, are they going to, they can't do a double header? What if So don't you... have an answer on when they're going to play these games? Yeah. But I'm could not you sure get then. two games worth of production out of a guy in one week? Would that be possible?
1: No, probably Whoa, not uh, in uh, one we week. We might
3: have but... stumbled onto something here. How else are they going to finish it?
1: Jeez, man! Because they so, want to finish in 17 like, who weeks. Who would you? They still have
3: two th- games to make up.
1: What wide receivers would you trade to try and get Corey Davis if he's such a hot commodity?
3: Ooh, Mike Mike Evans. Like
1: you're a you're a Tyler Lockett hater. Would you trade I'm not Tyler? A Tyler Lockett <laughs> hater? I
3: just said that DK Metcalf is the guy to own. And oh. by the way, can we talk about how DK Metcalf oh. proved me right this week? That's oh, another guy that, that should have gone to my out. winner's lap. Oh my God! DK you should have Neck, talked about
1: Dalvin Cook story. too, who you uh, you said not nice things about in the preseason, and had a really big week against Hank's Packers. Did any um, of us say nice things no, about No, one, Cook no one. No one that said one. nice things about Dalvin Cook oh, this week. crow on
3: that one.
1: So, like Adam Thielen, if you're an Adam Thielen owner, would you <sighs> say, "Hey, let's trade Adam Thielen for Corey Davis"?
3: One for one. Yeah. If well, I... I'm surprised I you're pausing. I could, no, I just think that I might be able to get a little more value out of that trade. just because Out of, of name Thielen? Value. Yeah. Mm. I think that I could finagle a little more value, but if it was like a... If both were on the waiver wire and I had the number one claim to put in, uh-huh. then I would take Corey Davis. Does that make right. sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, just in an even spread, I would value Corey 100%. Davis higher. But I think that in a trade, you can use that name value to your advantage and finagle a little more value out of that. So, so in if, a trade, I would try to...
1: If you're a Terry McLaurin owner, would you flip him for Corey Davis?
3: Yeah. Because I, I I don't know what the hell is going on there in Washington. It looks Kenan, like they're oh, trying totally. to train Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, and uh, that uncertainty of quarterback has me worried. So despite the skill... Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on over
1: there. Keenan Allen?
3: Oh. That's a good one. Oh, man. I would say no, but mm. that's also because I'm so high on Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, see, I'm kind of low on, on Keenan I Allen.
3: I feel like I'm just, like, elbowing Hank out of the way here in all these takes.
1: Henry? No, Corey no. Davis?
2: Yeah, he's a good receiver. Uh, that's, <laughs> wow. um, that's a good football player.
1: Um... I I definitely mean, yeah, not lock it for me probably yes on Thielen. probably yes on
2: Alan. yeah he's right in there i mean it, it kind of comes down to preference and to me like they're they, they're all on that same tier except for lock it lock it is up above them still yeah agreed on lock
1: it okay um wait real
3: quick let me
2: just
1: yeah.
3: let me look real quick where are you Corey davis oh, i'm not seeing him on here anyway go on oh,
1: he's my. like per average points per game in pprs he's a that's top 10
3: that's thank um, you that's what i was gonna say i can't find it though
1: where anyway, is it yeah like 16.9 points per game right in front of alan robinson just below tyler boyd Alan Lazard, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Adam Thielen. Um, Kale, we have have some questions. Right, he has the bonus two games, which I guess those factor into this. I guess that should have factored into when we were talking about Tannehill versus Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Just a few questions coming in. So start off with from Inceptivist underscore one. Should I start AB or Devontae Parker this week?
3: I would say Devontae Parker. I think that the weapons they have in uh, Miami are fewer, and I think that Tua like, he was looking Devontae Parker's way in that week one start. They kind of, he didn't have to do much because the Dolphins defense was so good, but I think that He's shown that he has potential and he has a connection with Devontae Parker. Whereas AB, they kind of like Arians already said, like he's our he's our rescue wide receiver. Basically, he's the he's the distant third option there. So
1: AB against New Orleans, Devontae Parker and the Dolphins play the Arizona Cardinals. Oof.
3: they not have that. good. Yeah,
1: y- you got to stick with the sure thing in Parker. Uh, AB. Similar to my approach with Tua and the Dolphins offense this week, still a wait and see. So that would be my approach for uh, on that. Yeah. What else we got? Hank,
0: Hank you got anything or are we moving on to the next uh, one?
2: Oh, yeah. Monte Parker.
0: All right. I, trade I saw Hank back, please. PPR. Should I trade away mm-hmm. Montgomery for Zeke? My other running backs are Kamara and Melvin Gordon. My wide receiver core. Wrong spelling. Includes Thielen, Cup, Godwin, T. Higgins, Hollywood. He's four and four, but on a three-game losing streak. No.
1: Man. No. I mean, I know it's getting rough for Zeke, but yeah, not Montgomery.
3: It's just gotten rougher with Denucci after we just saw from him. I don't think Zeke's yeah, yeah. gonna be involved in that offense like at all with Denucci being so. No, bad. I mean, he
1: has to be. They have to run the ball. Like, you say that? They have that, no but other options
3: but they haven't. Zeke hasn't done anything, and I think that, I mean, damn, if you're in that position, losing three in a row and going down to four and four, like, that's rough, but...
1: David Montgomery stinks, though. The Bears' offense is awful. (sighs)
3: know. I guess
1: maybe it is that time, though. Maybe it really is. I mean, to me, they're like, basically stuck in the same exact situation, and I trust Zeke a little more, but Maybe I'm just getting stuck on the name value because you're right. Production wise, the last few weeks, uh, it's Montgomery's the clear answer.
3: Yeah. yeah, we got 12, 6.1, 8.3 in the last three weeks from Zeke. And this yeah, is rough. That's man. since Dak has gone down. So, it, yeah, those aren't, rough. those aren't even like RB3
0: numbers, man.
1: Mm-mm. No, they're bad. <sighs> All right. LaVisca Chenault
0: or Cole Beasley? Mm-hmm. This is really a ceiling versus floor question.
1: Yeah, it sure is. And you know, Cole Beasley, like, is that Buffalo offense enough to sustain three wideouts? But but there's no Gardner Minshew now. So Visca's stock is kinda of plummeting. Yeah. Oh one, boy. Yeah, so you probably gotta stick with Beasley.
3: Well, those both look like waiver wire drops to me.
1: Yeah, pretty Can much. I take neither? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a pickle, I guess it's Beasley, but... uh, Like Darnell Mooney, Curtis Samuel, Michael Hartman,
3: if you could pick up any of those, I would take them over either of those two guys, so I would say neither and just drop into the waiver wire. Beasley's playing
2: the Seahawks this week, and so that definitely gives him the edge in my mind.
0: All right. We already talked about the Zeke thing. Uh, Quick hitters, these last two. Lockett or Metcalf?
1: We have... have we have a year-round bet on this. I've said Lockett. Guy says Metcalf. Henry, where did you fall on that? You're in oh, the Lockett, Lockett camp.
3: Dude, Metcalf so there just you scored go. like 43, 43
0: points this last week.
1: I know. It yeah. was insane. And he's and, still uh, wide
2: receiver three while Lockett's wide receiver one.
0: Ooh, I Corey Davis question. and T. Higgins are on my waivers. Who to target? This should be obvious.
1: Yeah, Corey Davis. Those are
0: both
3: if you get either one or both of those guys, I would be like those guys should be rostered in a hundred percent leaves, I can tell you that much.
1: Yeah. But neither's wide receiver one. Tennessee's offense has been the more consistent one, but it is kind of a toss-up, which really goes to show you how close yeah. they've been. Well fellas, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you for your questions. Uh, thank you to producer Kale for the added graphics and everything. We will be back audio only on Thursday. Get your questions into us on Discord. Uh, find us on Twitter. Um, we'll, you'll see the podcast post for this episode. Uh, so get into that. Subscribe to VDNVR and support us and all our reporters uh, for that great content to get access to that. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back and we'll do more start sits and other stuff on that show. So tune into that. Subscribe to our podcast feed on iTunes podcast and others. Leave us a review if you can. That really helps us out for uh, people being able to find the pod and what have you. Thank you, fellas. We will be back on Thursday.